Welcome back to Shore Sports Talk, sponsored by Shoreline Wealth Management, right here on 94.3 The Point. I am Vin Ebenu, and with me is Bobby Skinner of Talking Giants, which John Boy Media has a podcast you can check out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, talking all things Giants throughout the year. And we're sort of in that period, that debriefing mode here of looking back at what was with the Giants in the 22 season, 23 playoffs, and some off-season storylines now that Super Bowl is beyond us, and we're looking forward to a bevy of uh, off-season deadlines and start dates and so forth. So, Bobby, uh, welcome onto the show. Thanks for coming on. Thanks again for having me, Vin. It's always a good time to come talk Giants with you. And like you said, I, I, this week has been the first time I could like sit down and relax for a few minutes. So it's been <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's it's great. You know, you, you think about football, but I guess in like the throngs of a season and playoffs, it's like week after week. You know, practices and stuff every day, and different storylines, and then. All of a sudden, you get a you know five minutes to take a breath. <laughs> yeah, we and for us, it was like you know we were doing we we're traveling for the playoff parties and stuff like that, and then we had a weird conversation of because we always go to Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl, mm. and we're like, if we go to the conference championship, like we already booked our stuff to Mobile, like what do we do? Like we we are in Mobile on Sundays for the conference championship every year, and uh, they ended up figuring that out. But it was like, all right, get back home, get back on a plane to go to Alabama, so. Uh, first real week where we're not going crazy. <laughs> Once upon a time, the the traditional Pro Bowl was the week after the Super Bowl, and now it's bef- before. And I don't know. It's I mean, I know they changed the the way it's done and the skills challenges and flag football and everything, but it's I don't know. I it's still feel like needs some tweaking or something. <laughs> yeah, I wish they could just keep it as a game and just encourage like you don't need to you know go all out but like still tackle it like the pro bowl used to be a good game right like i sound like an old man right now but i remember like watching ricky williams like be the pro bowl mvp for rushing running the ball you guys tackled you know we don't need sean taylor you know killing a punter but it's like you know (laughs) we could have some sort of tackle football and like you said it was always great the week after the super bowl because you were on like that you know like oh man i missed football kind of it was kind of a nice send off into the off season Right, and then you get all the guys in there who want to play, you know, with the way it's been. You exclude all the possible players from the Super Bowl teams and everything. And although Jalen Ramsey, to his credit, still thought it was apparently a, fo- a real football game, and he started just laying guys out. <laughs> and somehow yeah, was yeah, it Miles Garrett yeah. broke a toe? Or so. Um, so, I mean, uh, guys still found a way to get physical in that game. Uh, but it, with, uh, with your trip to Alabama recently to check out Senior Week and everything, what were some of the... The things you picked up on, who were some of the guys that looked pretty good? Um, who were the guys that you saw maybe Joe Shane and, and crew kind of eyeing up? Wink Martindale was the most most noticeable, and mm. he was solely watching the D-line, like the D-line and, and outside linebacker group, the pass rushers. I mean, he was only on there, which makes you think that that is a, a position where they need depth at both spots. Like defensive line, they, they desperately need depth after Dex and Larry Williams, and then on the edge, you have Kayvon, who we're going to need to take a step forward. And then Aziz has such a – Aziz was a much better player in year two, but mm. he didn't get to play much because he was injured. So it's a position where they need depth on both those spots, not necessarily stars, which is what you're going to get at the Senior Bowl is depth players. You know, you get a couple first-round guys in there, but for the most part, you're looking at day two and day three picks. Um, so they were on there. Keanu Benton, the defensive tackle out of Wisconsin, he had a really good week. Zach Pickens out of South Carolina. But I, I spent most of my time watching the offensive line and the wide receivers. Okay. And 
there was some really good guys on the interior of the offensive line. You know, John Michael Smith, the center out of Minnesota, looked he looked like the best offensive lineman down there. Uh, Osiris Torrance out of Florida, who could be in play at pick 25, looked good. Uh, and then if you're looking at like mid round guys, Steve Avila out of TCU, like he 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 looked awesome. I went and did I just did a video on him where he looked good. Um, and then in the receiving room, you had some guys. I don't think you're going to have a true wide receiver one out of that group, but you'll get contributors. Uh, and you know you had a guy like a Michael Wilson out of Stanford who didn't play too much for them. Um, Tank Dell, who's like five eight out of Houston, I probably don't want him because of that's because of his size, but he mm. was like one of the better guys down there. But the position where I thought had the best talent was cornerback. Okay. And, and not just cornerback, guys that fit what Wink Martindale wants to do, which is play press man coverage. Tyreek Stevenson out of Miami and Darius Rush out of South Carolina. Darius Rush is like six foot two. He had the fastest like clock time there. They were running routes for wide receivers. Like so they were playing smart and using their physical abilities to make plays. Like we and, and those drills are usually set up for the receivers to win them. Like Tyreek Stevenson out of Miami and South Carolina corner Darius Rush were both guys I was I came away with very impressed with. You know, it's interesting you brought up one of the uh, one of the points you, you brought up there, just kind of like with what fits with what Wink is looking to do on that defense. And sometimes it's not always the, I guess, advertised best player coming into the draft or wherever, but who are the players that kind of fit the system in the best way to use them at whatever position and whatever scheme and everything. So it sounds like Wink is strategizing pretty well and kind of eyeing out a whole bunch of different talent uh, to possibly put on that defense next year. Yeah, and again, you know, you're not going to be able to get stars that ever, you know, first round picks at every position. Right. Like where you make your money is what you do in those in those mid rounds, and maybe you get a star out of one of them. But most of the time, you're looking to just get a solid, good player out of. Uh, and you you can always use press man corners. I don't care what mm. type of defense you run; those guys are always going to be good. They're they're good in every scheme. They allow you to do different things. Um, so I think that's a position. If there was like one position where I bet the first player the Giants take from the Senior Bowl, it would probably be out of that group in, in the cornerback group. It, overall, I guess you know, not just from Senior Week, but kind of looking at some of the needs on defense here. Uh, I think linebacker linebacker core is pretty thin. Um, if I guess you want to call it even thin, um, Dex it looked really good uh, on defense and Leo. So hopefully those guys can get locked up long term at, at some point as well. Um, but it, it definitely got exploited in the playoff game against the Eagles. I mean, they Jalen Hurts could have, you know, didn't even have to throw the ball. They grounded and pounded their way, and they kind of exploited a big weakness for the Giants. So what do you think the Giants, uh, through the draft or through the offseason, now that Joe Shane's got good draft capital and good money to spend this year now that the books are in order, uh, where do you think he looks to focus on defensively, uh, Shane and, and certainly the coaching staff? They desperately need a linebacker. I mean, that was this year was one of the since I've been covering the Giants in 2019. This was the worst linebacker play I've ever seen, you know. <laughs> and that, and outside of Blake Martinez, we've seen some pretty bad linebacker play. Like guys like Alec Ogletree, Tay Davis, mm. uh, David Mayo, Tay Crowder. This was the worst linebacker play I had seen. You know, Jalen Smith was just the worst Mike linebacker I've seen, and then the, the depth wasn't very good either. They desperately need a linebacker, which is if you told me what position do you want them to spend money in it might be linebacker like a guy like david long out of tennessee mm. who's an underrated player 
but made some really good plays for them this season. Um, uh, you know, who can play? He's not like the, some athletic freak, but he's good in coverage, and he, he's just a smart linebacker who knows where to make the play. He had a game-winning interception versus the Commanders this year at the one-yard line, picking off Carson Wentz. So, if there's one position where like they need to either invest highly in in the draft or use the money that they're going to use in free agency, it has to. To me, it has to be linebacker. It gets devalued in today's NFL for some reason, but a good linebacker makes your team so, so much better, and it makes other guys around you better. You know, when a defensive tackle can, you know, loses his gap, a linebacker can fix that. The will linebacker, like Tay Crowder, looked a lot better next to Blake Martinez. Why is that? Because he was able to play free and fast because Blake Martinez knew where to read and do things. You know, so it makes, and you know, and, and getting back in coverage and, you know, not letting them exploit the middle of the field. I think the linebacker position is one of the most underrated in football. Mm. The Giants desperately need need that. You know, you mentioned the Eagles running, grounding and pounding. We do our preview shows every Friday in the season. We would give these long, in-depth analysis of how the Giants can win. And we'd always say, like, towards, like, the last five minutes of it, like, if this team just decides to run the ball, they will win. You know, yeah. especially teams that run, like, some misdirection like the Eagles. And you saw that. Like, the Eagles were the one team that just totally committed to just running the ball down their throat. And it worked. Yeah, I mean, there was just nobody there to stop him. I mean, especially once they broke outside. It just, by the time somebody on the defense was able to stop any one of the Eagles' backs, it was already 10, 15 yards upfield, and there they go on another first down. And they just controlled that game from the start. I I had a feeling that once it got to 14-0, I'm like, oh boy, uh, Giants are in trouble. Yeah, yeah, and, and and they showed that. I mean, both games first, you know, not counting the Week 18 game where the Giants played a backup stage, right. the Eagles were just able to run the ball. <laughs> down their throats you know and you look at the eagles like they are i think they were the number one rushing team this year if i'm not mistaken i think up there Um, yeah you know and and they add and jalen hurts is a guy who runs between the tackles too like they just they throw they one they have such a great offensive line and they throw so much misdirection at you that when you are a team that is really bad run defense wise they will they will be able to eat consistently and there's not much you can do about it do you think there's guys, you know, as Joe Shane and the coaches kind of evaluate who's on defense this offseason with uh, who do we want to really keep around, who do we want to sign back, and where do we want – with the guys that are currently on the roster who were on the roster for 22, they're like, all right, you know what, I think we could afford to let him go and maybe kind of focus on getting better in that area, whether it's uh, not just linebackers because th- that's an obvious need, but – in the secondary at all? I mean, do they bring back guys like Julian Love? Do they think that he could be valuable long-term? Julian Love is, the t- is I think, the more the toughest decision they'll have to make this offseason. I think they're they're pretty set on bringing back Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. Mm. Love, is the, Love is a good player. He's not a great player. He's not a star player, but he is a good player. And you need guys like Julian Love on the team. But I don't know if you need guys like Julian Love on the team at like 8 to $10 million a year, you know, where he's always been that utility guy, put him in a role, and he'll he'll – he'll be serviceable um he also did it play well towards the end of the season he's played his best ball in the first half um julian love will be uh a big like i think that'll be a big test for what they want to do because they want him back obviously he's a leader on that team a sure. captain he's a do-it-all like utility type player but like do you want to pay him a ton of money you know wink martindale with the ravens you know uh historically didn't not really you know spend a lot of money on their safety position um you know, and you got Xavier McKinney's contract, you know, coming mm. up, uh, you know, he's a free agent next offseason. So I think that could be a position that might be the tough. We got to let you walk type of guy with Julian Love. 
And then with the corners, you have to bring back a Dory Jackson. I think so, yeah. You have to you have to start planning for him to be gone, you know, because his contract will be up um, unless you want to extend him, which I would be okay with, even though he has some injury issues. But the cornerback, it's it's a room that needs a lot of improvement. You know, it's not as bad as a linebacker room, but outside of a Dory Jackson, you don't really have any future piece you're super confident with. Cordell Flock, he he looks like he could be a good player, but guys yeah. look like they could be a good player doesn't mean they will be. Uh, I think that's a position they needed to invest in. I wouldn't be surprised if cornerback is their first-round pick, uh, especially the way the class is starting to shape up. Like, I think that could be a spot that they go in the first round because they need it. How impressive just was the job that Wink did and certainly all the, the specialty coaches on defense with getting the most out of the guys where, you know, obviously there, there was some talent on, in certain positions on defense, but there were – some lack of talent and depth in other areas there, but just how impressed were you with what Wink and Dayball and some of the defensive specialty coaches did with having the Giants' defense be as good as it was um, in certain aspects this year? I mean, I, I, we, I thought this defense would be 32nd in passing coming into the season, you know, um, and that was like, and best case scenario was like, okay, Adore Jackson stays healthy the whole year. Aaron Robinson looks solid. Well, Adore missed a chunk of games. Mm. Uh, Aaron Robinson played one game for them this year, and they were able to use the scrap pile to get serviceable cornerback play out of guys like Fabian Moreau. Darnay Holmes struggled, but you know he, he wasn't like giving up 100 yards per game. Uh, it was pretty damn. I mean, they have the the lowest completion percentage against them in the NFL, you know, and, and that has that speaks to what Wink Martindale does, which is pressure the quarterback, blitz, get in their face. They once the door went down, they did change their defense up to you know more of you know those two high safeties, little bend don't break, which I liked in some games. I didn't like it in the Eagles game because Jalen Hurts will take whatever you give him, and mm. then they will just run down your throat. Um, so. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's a very commendable job for what that defense did, where the expectations were it to be very, very bad. You know, getting the most out of Dexter Lawrence at the nose tackle spot, very smart move by them. Um, you know, Leonard Williams missed games. Aziz Ojolari missed, you know, over half the season. Kayvon even missed a couple games and was a rookie, you know, who had he flashed in some games but wasn't, a, you know, wasn't some great edge rusher for them. He was, had a good rookie season. So, with and then, like we talked about before, the linebacker position was the worst in the NFL. Yeah. Now, they were one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. So, yeah, they didn't coach that, you know, position <laughs> up, but I thought they did. I think I thought they did a damn good job of getting the most out of this group and getting them off the field. I think they were top five in both red zone and third down defense. What, what did you think of the, the rookie class this year? Obviously, uh, Joe Shane kind of walked into a, a you know a non-enviable position with just kind of where the roster was, essentially being in cap hell. Uh, but he was able to draft some pretty good rookies, at least you know, on the first part of it. Guys at least made some impacts. Um, certainly Evan Neal kind of had his you know, roller coaster moments, I think, as on the offensive line. Um, Kayvon Thibodeau looked like a really like a star player for years to come at times, and other times he kind of struggled. Those are the, the first round picks, but um, they they had some other good uh, players as well. Uh, Daniel Bellinger, I thought, looked good out of the fourth round. You know, I know he missed a good chunk of the time uh, after getting poked in the eye. Um, the whole class got hurt. Yeah, <laughs> besides Micah McFadden, the whole class missed yeah. games. That's a good uh, point. You know, some guys out for the whole years, like Marcus McKeith and Darian Beavers. I I wasn't. It's early return, so you don't you don't judge a rookie class off of year one. Yeah. Um, Evan Neal, I have worries with him, and there will be the com- comparisons to Andrew Thomas. But Andrew Thomas, we when we went and looked back at it, you know, after that season, 
It's like this was a successful rookie season, you know, not from start to finish, but he got much better as a player from, you know, from, you know, the start of the season to the end, um, even though the first half of the season was very much a struggle. Yeah. And Thomas was getting beat by some technique issues where Evan Neal is getting beat physically, you know, where it's like he can be off balance. He can get beat with speed around the corner. And that's the stuff that worries you. Um, I think this offseason will tell the story on Evan Neal. Like, what does he goes to his film and, and fixes it, you know, so still have faith in that pick. And then the rest is hard to say. Daniel Bellinger, definitely a solid pick. Great fourth-round pick. The rest, it's uh, it's like, do we get, you know, serviceable players out of these or do we get, like, some certified good players? Like yeah. Wondell Robinson, are you, a real, are you a good player or are you a serviceable player? Uh, Dane Belton, if Dane, like – you know, we said before the season, Dane Belton, what makes him a successful pick? If he can turn into a guy like Julian Love, mm. it's like you can plug him in different places, be serviceable, and then, you know, make plays here and there. Uh, and then Azudu got hurt too, the rookie yeah. guard out of UNC. He was showing some <laughs> improvement. Like he showed, like the first couple of weeks of the season, he was horrible, like mm. horrible. Mm-hmm. And he, when he got put back in the lineup due to injury, he, 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 like he improved. He wasn't great, but he improved. Yeah. And he got hurt, you know, so it was like the whole class got hurt. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's hard to it's hard to say, you know, for having eleven picks, they had basically one guy who was full time ready. And then Kayvon Kayvon needs to take a step forward, but he had a very successful rookie season to me. Yeah. I mean, I guess really all, all outside of Bellinger, I mean, all those guys got hurt you know, doing something. I mean, Bellinger's <laughs> injury was the only one that I guess wasn't his fault. Uh, yeah. But, you know, glad that he's wearing the shield and everything moving forward. And the fact that he was able to come back and even do what he did, I can't imagine that kind of eye injury um, and being able to come back and have the vision and, you know, be pain-free to play tight end the way he did down the stretch. Yeah, yeah, he was very solid for them in, in, in multiple ways. And there's been this, like, we want Evan Ingram back thing from, from <laughs> Giants fans. I don't understand it. Right. Like, I would much rather have Daniel Bellinger, yeah. especially when you're talking, when you include contract uh, into that. Bellinger is a do-it-all tight end. He's not going to be some great receiving threat, but, like, he's someone who you can trust in the block, you can move him around, and you can trust him in the receiving game. He's not going to sure. split the seam on guys and, and then outrun you, but you can trust him in the receiving game, and you saw it. He had one of the highest catch rates in the NFL, which speaks a little to Daniel Jones in the scheme, but he did his job very well. Bobby, you want to talk about the offense? Got to step out for a quick break. Can you hang around? Let's do it. Excellent. More Shore Sports Talk sponsored by Shoreline Wealth Management right here on 94.3 The Point with Bobby Skinner of Talking Giants right after this. Whether you're in the early stages of investing, getting ready to retire, or planning your estate, you need a financial planner who will guide you on a clear path with honesty and transparency. Shoreline Wealth Management understands that you're more than your money, and they strive to help you realize your best life as they align your finances with your goals. Best of all, Shoreline's straightforward approach will include you in the process. Shoreline Wealth Management is your financial anchor committed to helping you weather life storms. Visit ShorelineWealth.com for more information today. ShorelineWealth.com. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Welcome back to Shore Sports Talk, sponsored by Shoreline Wealth Management on 94.3 The Point. Vin Avenue with you. With me here this morning is Bobby Skinner of Talking Giants with John Boy Media. He's got a podcast you can listen to. Check out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can also follow Talking Giants on social media as well. Talking about all things Big Blue here this morning. Uh, talked a lot about the defense. I want to slide over to the offense here. You know, I think Joe Shane, Brian Dayball, everybody just kind of in deferent, uh, declining Daniel Jones' fifth-year option. They're like, hey, go out and prove it. Uh, prove that you could be our possible quarterback of the future here, you know, coming off the season. Where he's like, yeah, and, and I get it too. They're like, 
new new front office, new coaches, and everything. They want to see what they got first before they you know invest long term and everything. Um, and I guess the same thing with with Barkley, you know, heading into a, a contract year as well. Uh, Barkley had a career year; he looked really good. And I think we can sort of sense in the early going that I'm like, all right, Barkley's back. Jones had a really good year with with those two guys. Um, to start here, Bobby, what what did you think of the years out of Daniel Jones and Barkley? Did they take those next steps forwards to warrant long term deals? I think Dan, Daniel Jones, but then they have to make sure they just don't bid against themselves, mm. you know. So you know, you, you don't you don't hand them a blank check. But I think Daniel Jones definitely should be back on the New York Giants. Um, he operated this offense almost flawlessly, you know, outside the first two weeks of the season, which ended up in wins. He, like he, he operated the offense pretty flawlessly. Like he did not make mistakes, you know, and that doesn't just mean for not throwing interceptions. Like he was not playing the ball where it was supposed to, I think his adjusted completion rate was like 80%. Mm. Um, and he got this offense where it was 15th in uh, points per game, ninth in EPA per play with, a bad wide receiver group, and then outside of Andrew Thomas, a bad offensive line in front of him. Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, Evan Neal was a was a big time issue at right tackle for you know twelve out of the seventeen games. Mark Golinski was really bad at right guard. Same with John Feliciano. Those those two got a little better in the last quarter of the season, and they changed the offense within the year and put the offense more in his hands. And that's when you saw the best from this offense with a I mean a bad wide receiver group. Like Darius Slayton is like was extremely <laughs> important to this team. Yeah. And at the beginning of the season, he was almost cut. You know, they were actively trying to get rid of him. And then if they didn't have him, uh, they don't make the playoffs with that up there. Slayton. Isaiah Hodgins was brought in midseason, was cut by the Bills. He was in, uh, very important to them. Mm-hmm. But none of those guys are really good wide receivers. They're solid pieces, but right. they're not really good wide receivers. Um, you know, not you know having Bellinger was good, but he's not some big receiving threat. And he operated the offense flawlessly. So. To get them to where they're fifteenth in points per game, ninth and you know essentially like you know, analytical stat, ninth in EPA per play using his legs, like he was the reason, he was the main reason that Giants offense was there. Saquon Barkley played very. I actually made Andrew Thomas is in that one A one B, but you know we don't see left tackle stats very often. Right. <laughs> um, so Daniel Jones was very very impressive to me. I don't think he's, I don't think he's going to be some elite quarterback. I don't. Yeah, and I, no, I agree. There's uh, NFL fans can want to throw away good for in the search of great. And I don't think the Giants should be in a position to do that. Giving him a contract is not going to stop them from doing anything. Even if they want to draft a, you know, a quarterback a year or two from now, it, he, you know, the, co- the contract that he gets shouldn't stop them from doing that. If, if that's what the way they want to go, similar to the way that the chiefs did with Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes. Um, so, so yeah, I definitely think he's he should be back. Saquon's a different story to me, and he did have a really good year. He had some times where it wasn't so good, you know, in the yeah. middle of the season, you know, and and he 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 was better once they stopped trying to force feed him and make and having the offense run through him, you know, getting him involved in the receiving game. He his injury history it's, it's impossible to ignore, and it's impossible and it's more so impossible to ignore at that running back position. I'm not one of those running back doesn't matter people, but <laughs> you can't ignore the trends. And especially with a guy with his injury history. Yeah. Like, I don't, you know, like he, as good as his season was, he didn't do the same things that he did in 2018 and 2019. Like we didn't see those. We didn't see the 60 yard touchdowns. You know, we saw some big plays, yeah. you know, at the beginning of the season, that Titans game. So I want Saquon Barkley back, but it's, 
not it's not great business for Saquon, but I would levy on Bell him where I franchise tag him because the money he wants it's going to be more have more than the the franchise tag. So I would just I would franchise tag him, and if he plays well again, I franchise tag him again. You know, maybe that, but or you get him to come to him with a reasonable offer and be like, hey, if you don't take this bon voyage, go enjoy playing for you know the Chicago Bears, whatever team that's going to pay you the most money, because it's beneficial for Saquon to stay on the Giants. He is the face of the franchise, but you know, the idea that he wants like somewhere like fifteen million a year to me is I I, I couldn't do it. The, the Giants supposedly offered him twelve million a year and he turned it down. Like there's oh yeah. His career does not is not that of someone who should be turning down twelve million dollars a year. You know that is you the second pick of the draft, um, and and you're kind of the face of the franchise turning that down. Your his career does not. That's what Nick Chubb makes. Nick mm-hmm. Chubb was taken in that same draft class. Has had a much better career than uh, Saquon Barkley. Better offensive yeah. line play, absolutely. But that goes into the argument with not paying Saquon Barkley a ton of money. So I want Saquon Barkley back. I would franchise tag him, which that means getting a deal done with Daniel Jones uh, before the franchise tags start happening. And it's a great point. And Barkley just turned 26 years old, too, um, you know, last week or whatever. So he's another year older. And with that same kind of injury history, I, I guess if whether or not, you know, Barkley's on the Giants next year or, or even the year after for however long, do you think uh, that the Giants, Joe Shane, kind of needs to focus in on getting another big? Bat power back sort of in the backfield to compliment Barkley, and no offense to Matt Breida, uh, but maybe another kind of running back that can do some of the things that traditionally, I guess, Giants running backs have done. Yeah, you got to get someone who you can feel confident giving 12 carries to a, a game for that if you need. Uh, I don't think it should be on the top of their board. I like Matt Breida to, as a backup yeah. when you are giving one guy solely the reps, but I don't know if I love, love him as a backup if he's going to have to you know come in and start a game. Um, so I, I do, I mean, he's just fast. Like he, he's, he's, oh, yeah, you know, he's, yeah. he's like, he, he, he is a speedster. Um, but yeah, I, I would say they can add, it's not, it's nowhere near the top of the priority for me, but I do think they, they do need, I mean, Vin, it's crazy. When you look at, <laughs> we do our positional reviews at the end of the year, there's not a single position besides quarterback where you're like, I like the starter and the depth. There's not a single <laughs> one, not a single one outside of quarterback where Daniel Jones, you're happy with Daniel Jones. Tyrod mm-hmm. Taylor is one of the best backups in the NFL. Ironically, that's the one position where the depth should never play is quarterback. Right. <laughs> uh, but running back, you don't have good depth. Wide receiver, you don't have good starters or depth. There's mm. there's even like defense tackle. You got two great players in Dexter Lawrence and Lauren Williams. Yeah. The depth is horrible. Um, so there's a st- as much as fun as this giant season was, and they went to the second round of the playoffs, it's like this team is still very barren, especially when you when you look to add depth, and depth matters a lot in the NFL. You know, offensive line certainly had its struggles, and um, you know, players like Lewinsky kind of showed the the lack of depth, and whether it was injuries or something else. I mean, there were times in games and different situations where the Giants' offensive line as a whole did just did not look that good. Um, I know Feliciano's play kind of bothered me a little bit, especially with his handling of the ball sometimes, and then Glowinski over there. So where, where do you think the Giants need to go to try and focus in on interior linemen, or do they need to try and see who's out there to maybe play right guard if they don't think Neal is the answer over there? Yeah, I, you got to – you can't – you have to let Evan Neal be the right tackle. Like, it just has to Yeah, right guard – the right tackle is what I meant. Even if you're – if, even if you're, yeah, I know what you mean. Even if you, <laughs> even if the Giants are very worried about Evan Neal at right tackle, 
he's got to be the right tackle this year. You invested too much to not let him be that. Um, it's tough. I, I got to look at the free agency class for interior guys. Mm. Uh, I would let Feliciano walk. I'd bring Nick Gates back as a center and then look to upgrade the position too. And whether it's through the draft, you know, whether if it's someone in the draft, if they're ready to start, start them. If not, let Nick Gates start at that center spot. Ben Bredesen actually was, I think, one of the more un- underrated players. He played left guard, but he's looking like he's having a career full of injuries. You know, he missed yeah. a lot. He missed. He got a, a few injuries in 2021, and then missed games this past season. Uh, Glowinski, they're giving him a good ch- chunk of money, but I, I I would like to see them add somebody in the in day one or day two in that guard spot. Like, I'm a big. You look at the Eagles, like an offensive line can make your team go, uh, and it makes everybody on that team better. So I. I I would like to see one of the first – if you just ask me position-wise, not talking about which player fits, mm. what position would you like with that first pick? It would be – the first two picks, guard guard would fall into one of those. Like wide receiver, corner, uh, you know, are definitely in there. But O-line would def- – interior offensive line would definitely be one of those guys. I think Joe Shane kind of comes off as the kind of guy who's a little crafty and creative. Where he, and certainly, I mean, uh, I guess with trying to put together the team that we just watched take the field, but now with a little bit more flexibility and cap and draft and everything, I'm kind of curious and excited to see what he'll end up doing in the offseason through free agency and then certainly when the draft comes as well with building this team offensively and defensively, evaluating what they got, trying to figure out where to go from there. Because, you know, they, I guess in some ways, yeah, they did make it to the second round and they kind of exploited a bad Minnesota Vikings defense. Um, but I guess there's got to be some things to build around there. I mean, it was fun to watch this team for a while, and they certainly, you know, rocketed out of the gates to start the season, um, you know, starting with the Tennessee game week one. But in trying to take a look at who they were, how they played, do you think that this team could build off of some of the success that they found this year and maybe find themselves competing for a division title or something next year a division title would be tough with the eagles i mm. think they're just there's such a gap there i think that would be like a two-year plan but competing for second place with the cowboys i don't think is is out of the question you know they they're probably going to lose some really good players this offseason um and you have pieces to build around like you have your quarterback and daniel jones most likely saquon we'll see you know you've got some stud players on the defense too so if you add some depth Get a couple good line, like a, get a linebacker, yeah, and and whatever in free agency, and then a wide receiver one. If there's one position that could clo- help close the gap, it'd be wide receiver one, because this offense was able, like I said, mentioned to be 15th in points per game, ninth in EPA per play, but they did not have a guy who could just go out there and win. They didn't have a single guy. There yeah. was not a guy who could go out on the sideline, and you press me up, I'm going to beat you deep. You play off, I'm going to kill you on these underneath routes. They didn't have that guy. Darius Slayton was uh, you know, uh, much needed, but he's not a guy who you just trust to go out and win on the sideline. So it just it limited what they could run offensively You know, because you didn't see the big plays this year, but they didn't trust their receivers to win, and they didn't want to turn the sacks and drives. They didn't want to turn, you know, end a lot of drives that way, so they did the best with what they could. So I think wide receiver one is the one position that could close, help close the gap. Um, unless you just wanted to be a dominant defensive team, where as then where, then you could maybe get a good quarterback too in the draft with the first round pick, sign a linebacker in free agency, add some depth on the D line, and you you are somewhat close to being a really like you know you could be a top ten defense with with those additions. In I guess 
I mean, it made me think of like the Odell Beckham kind of saga. Like, is he going to sign somewhere? Is it going to be with the Giants? Is it going to be with the Cowboys? And it looks like somewhat of a thinner free agent market for wide receivers than what we were seeing over the last few years. Do you think the Giants make a serious run at Odell Beckham Jr.? Do you think he wants to come back to New York? I hope not. I, I mean, I, I think he does want to come back. I don't want to. I don't want to go anywhere near Odell Beckham Jr. Mm. And I'm I'm a pretty like pro pro player guy. Like like yeah, yeah, their yeah. Lives. One Odell is older now. That's and true. The injury history. The last two seasons he's played, he's torn an ACL. Um, I, he's not a guy I want in the locker room. Like you, the kicking net stuff, not a big deal to me. Even fighting with Josh Norman, not the biggest deal in the world to me. Going on national TV. The, you know, having it aired the month, the morning before a game and throwing your whole team under the bus, a, a, a brand new head coach who's been there for four weeks. Don't that guy that speaks to me, a guy who's not a good, not a good teammate. The way he forced his way out in Cleveland, you could talk to me about how Cleveland didn't, you know, treat him well, blah, blah, blah. He was bad. And then he did a whole free agency tour and he wasn't even ready to play. Yeah. Like he kind of <laughs> sought all this attention when it's like he's not even close to being ready to play. He's not going to play this year. Um, I, I, I'm a guy who likes people to be themselves. Like, I didn't sure. hate Tony as much as other people. Odell Beckham Jr. is someone who I do not want around the New York Giants. Like, that, if there is one thing the Giants could do this offseason where I would just lose my mind, it would be bringing <laughs> back Odell Beckham Jr. Unless he played for, like, $2 million a year. you know, then, Get him on anything, the cheap. Anything that's a, like a, a real investment, I don't want Odell Beckham Jr. Um, but, and I, I got to look at if. If they wanted to do what other teams done and trade a first round first round pick for a star wide receiver, mm. you have the twenty fifth pick. I would be okay with that. They're in healthy. If if and he's got to be younger, I, I'm not trading for your DeAndre Hopkins, who's older. Right. Um, Devontae Adams would might be the one. Like what is? The, let me look. Devontae Adams age. Devontae Adams. It's got to be in his like twenty seven. Thirty or something. years old. Okay. He might, he might be the one guy I would break the rule for. Um, because he would just fit so great, and I think he's got a few years left of his prime. Yeah. Um, but you know, guys free up, and you didn't really, you know, no one knew AJ Brown was going to free up. No one knew Tyreek Hill was going to free up. So I could see uh, that. Po- I don't think that's going to happen. But if they really, really wanted to address the wide receiver need, I- I'm fine. Pick. I'm fine trading pick 25 if you get a guy who's 26. You know, and paying them. Um, you know, it might be a year earlier than that. Ideally, would like to do it, but I would be okay with that. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see if they if there is a wide receiver one in the draft who can come out and be your best guy and and be a wide receiver one long term. So I think wide, like I said, I think wide receiver one is the is the thing that would help them close the gap to yeah. any other teams the most. But there's really no easy answer for that. Do you think they let some of the guys go at receiver that they had either because of injury or just ineffectiveness? I mean, Sterling. I love Sterling Shepard, but I mean, he he's got an he's had an injury riddled last couple of years, and uh, who knows if this kind of year that Darius Slayton had could even be replicated again next year? I like Isaiah Hodgins maybe as a depth piece at some point, but um, Wandale Robinson got injured off the bat in his rookie season, so I mean, there's some injuries there in addition to ineffectiveness. I mean. Do you think there's something there long term that they keep, or they, do they just have to completely kind of retool the receiver core? Hodgins is an exclusive right free agent, so he'll be back. Shep, I love Shep, but like you said, the injury stuff is just so so bad. If, yeah. they, if he wants to come in on a minimum contract, fine. Mm. Anything more than that, I, I wouldn't. You just can't rely on him. Slayton, I think, has to come back unless you get two high floor wide receivers. Mm. 
like in free agency. Sure. So not superstar players. You either have to get a flat out wide receiver one or two high floor decent wide receivers, or else you have to bring back Darius Slayton because if you don't have his speed element on this team, with Isaiah like Isaiah Hodgins looks much worse. Richie James look this this offense just is not able to operate without Darius Slayton this year, and that's not some ringing endorsement of him. It just speaks to how bad the wide receiver room was. <laughs> so. So I would like Slayton to be back on the team. I don't know what he's going to command in the open market. He's led the Giants in receiving three of his four seasons. It's crazy you know, to think about. <laughs> the, the best the best day three pick of Dave Gettleman, I think. Um, so I, I would want Slayton back unless you go get a like you get a true blue wide receiver one or two high floor receivers, whether it's drafting one in the first or second round, and then signing a, a free age a guy a free agent who could you know go out there and be halfway decent. Good first year under Brian Dayball and everything, doing the best he could and get creative, getting the trust of the guys, really putting something special in the works here in the cooker. Uh, but before I let you go on the on the show here, Bobby, what what are some things that that you look back on that you think went really well that the Giants could build on, and some other off season storylines that uh, you think we should all be watching out for? Yeah, I mean, the thing that's most like encouraging about this coaching staff is their willingness to adjust. Both sides of the ball adjusted the way they played football mm. multiple times in the season. And that is that was that was a big selling point I think for Brian Dable when we were doing the head coaching searches like this guy has proven that he's not just coming in here running his system. He is his system will be what's best for the players and he proved that this year. Whether that was going two tight ends and running the ball and play action or spreading it out once you had a guy like Hodgins you could you could put some trust into. Um so I think that's the most encouraging thing is is that they will get the most uh, out of out of these players, um, you know. And now it's up to Joe Shane to get them good players where they're not having to squeeze the most out of guys like Fabian Moreau and Isaiah Hodgins, but just getting flat up good players because it's a players league. And then biggest storylines. I mean, I I hate to cop out. It's the Saquon Barkley contract. Yeah, because they don't want to lose Saquon. You shouldn't want to lose Saquon, but you cannot ignore like the very real risks with signing him and looking at the history of running back position in the last 10 years and guys getting second contracts. So that's such a, and there's just so much more at play than just a, a football player. He's right. not just a football player. He's the star of the team. You know, he's drafted second overall by a former regime, but, but still drafted second overall, um, you know, team captain. So that'll be interesting. I think that'll be a storyline. See what to do. And, and I think the other one would be, what position do they spend the most money on in free agency? Because mm. they're not going to go out and do a 2021 Dave Gettleman, Joe Judge, sign <laughs> sign everybody. But they they should be spending like 10 million, you know, a minimum of 10 million dollars a year on probably one guy. It'll be interesting. I I hope that's the linebacker position, but it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, they definitely need it. A lot a lot of areas still to address um, and everything, but I guess a little bit of optimism to try and build on and everything. So, Bobby, appreciate yeah. I mean, yeah. Went, went to the second round with like. Uh, Giants fans should be excited about this team. Just because they were one of the last eight doesn't mean they're two steps away from being the last four, but they are a few steps away from, you know, this team should be really good in, in a year or two, like competing for Super Bowls. Next year, I don't think they're competing for that, but mm. within two years, I think the expectations should be to be competing for those. Can't wait. <laughs> like uh, Bart Scott once said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bobby, appreciate you coming on the show and talking to uh, some Giants uh, season storylines, playoffs, offseason, and, and more, and uh, definitely look forward to having you on again soon. Thanks again, Vin.
That is Bobby Skinner of Talking Giants. You could find his podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you find podcasts, and follow Talking Giants and Bobby Skinner on social media as well. More Shore Sports Talk, sponsored by Shoreline Wealth Management on 94.3 The Point, right after this. Whether you are in the early stages of investing, getting ready to retire, or planning your estate, you need a financial planner who will guide you on a clear path with honesty and transparency. Shoreline Wealth Management provides clarity through the complexity. Shoreline's system is straightforward. They will understand your financial circumstances, identify goals, analyze current plans, and customize a path to position you to reach your goals. Shoreline Wealth Management is your financial anchor. Visit ShorelineWealth.com for more information today. ShorelineWealth.com. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC.